we welcome you to another episode of the players in the game of life. We present today, Can I Still Be Saved? Part 2. The Apostle Paul, former religious terrorist, after his Damascus Road experience where Jesus the Christ checked him saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul answers, who are you, Lord? Jesus says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Jesus knocked Saul off his high horse, blinded him, gave him instructions to go into the city called Damascus. He was taken by the hand and led into the city. Though his eyes were open, he could see absolutely nothing. While Saul was without sight for three days, he neither ate nor drank. Some of us can identify with Saul, soon to be the Apostle Paul. The Spirit of God had to check us before he could use us. Brokenness is a way to get a closer relationship with God and a closer relationship with Christ. And that experience was no walk in the park. How many got the message the first time? How many times did you have to be broken? How many times were you knocked off your high horse before God got your undivided attention? Talking about grace and mercy. Hardly anyone wants to deal with or associate with someone who has or had such a despicable reputation as Saul had. But God, Jesus in a vision spoke to a disciple, Ananias, get up and go to the street called Straight and go to the house of Judas and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul since he was praying there. I'm telling you, when God changes you, it will make you start praying. It will make you start praying. Jesus had gotten Saul's undivided attention and after their conversation and of course Jesus' presentation Saul is now praying Saul is now becoming the Apostle Paul he's not there yet but he's on the way won't God work it out Jesus told Ananias Saul had a vision and saw a man named Ananias coming in putting his hands on him that he may receive his sight Ananias feeling some kind of way because of Saul's despicable reputation tells Jesus Lord I've heard about this man how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem and he has authority from the chief priest to bind all those who call on your name but the Lord said go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Ananias did as he was commanded. He informed Saul that the Lord who confronted him on the road as he came sent him that he may receive his sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So not if Saul was saved, but in spite of all he had done, and on his way to carry out more devastation, after his up-close and personal encounter with the Lord Jesus, he was used mightily in the teaching and preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to kings, the children of Israel, 
and to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, which in my opinion was one of Paul's most monumental achievements for the cause of Christ. Now I'm talking about the Corinthian church. The city of Corinth had a mixture of nationalities. The large population and material prosperity made the city a sports-minded city. Material prosperity and traveling tradesmen made for a spirit of partying, drunkenness, and dropping it like it's hot, and all sorts of immoral living. The city's very name, Corinth, became a byword for evil and immoral behavior. Even the worship of the local residents centered around the great goddess of love, Aphrodite. The temple housed 1,000 sacred prostitutes. Corinth was an intellectual and cultural center as well. Personal development and pleasure were the pursuit, whether pursued culturally or recklessly and immorally. There was little recognition of the law, save the law of man's desires. Sounds like a lot of things going on right today. Morally, the city desperately needed the gospel of Jesus Christ. If the gospel could make an impact for morality, the message would be heard around the world. You see, geographically, the city was strategic, and it fitted Paul's strategy perfectly. When Paul first entered Corinth, he entered in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. He had been discouraged. He had faced severe opposition in his last three ministries, immediately prior to Corinth. The Judaizers had run him out of Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. Even in Athens, he had experienced little success. Now facing Corinth, he was confronting every sort a city of diverse population and culture, a population that was proud, intellectual, busy, and immoral. It's hard to talk to somebody who think they know it all, who's got it all together. People who are already so intelligent that they really can't be taught anything. But God sent Paul just what he needed, Two godly Jews that had been expelled from Rome along with others. God gave Paul a vision that assuredly many people in that city were to be reached for Christ. God encouraged Paul to ease his mind. In essence, God is saying to him, like he said to us on many occasions, I've got your back. Keep it moving. Irregardless to what you've been through or what you're going through, God's got our back. Once we decide to make that decision to come to him, God has our back. The converts at Corinth paint a clear picture of the kind of success Paul experienced city after city. So again, can I still be saved? After all the things that I've done to myself, to others, and God, 
The answer is emphatically, yes, we can. Let me, let me say this to you. There are many times that we head out on some voyage, some venture, a job that we want to get, a class we want to take, anything that there may be some opposition. I mean, we have to face it. There are going to be some haters in this world. And sometimes those haters have the tendency to throw roadblocks and make you look at things or to say things to you that they try to discourage you. Sometimes they'll even do things that are seemingly hurtful to you to discourage you from going any further. But I'm going to tell you, if God has a plan, and it's not really if, but God does have a plan for all of our lives. And if we make a decision to follow him, to come to him, to repent, to trust him. And, and how do you do that? I'm, I'm glad you asked. If you've ever been in a situation where God has delivered you, have you ever been in a situation where you know good and well you don't deserve the blessings or the goodness that you're being showed? You know that you should have died a long time ago. But if it were not for the grace and the mercy of God, you don't know where you'd be. Well, once you realize that God has done these things for you, now it's time for you to make a decision. Guess what? You got free will. You can choose to follow him or not. The choice is yours. But if he's been doing things in your life already that shows you that he's right there for you, like I said, now it's time for you to make a decision. Next week, if it be the Lord's will, I want us to think about another question. How can I forgive what I can't forget? How can I forgive what I can't forget? I think that's going to be a good one. Now allow me to share my thoughts. At the end of this year, or most so the start of the new year, with the Lord's help and of course his will, I want to go visual. So I solicit your prayers as well. So remember, share this podcast with a friend, a loved one, or a complete stranger. Download wherever you get your podcasts. You can leave prayers and comments at playersinthegameoflife at gmail.com. I thank you so much. God bless. Talk to you next week.